Hello, Church. Welcome to the Community Unscripted Podcast. We're your hosts, Yoon. And Irene. So today's episode, episode 10, is about work. Now, hold up. I know you might be thinking, oh, jobs? You're right. But we're also thinking about work in the general sense, like not just jobs, but also work in our different areas of our life. So I can't spoil too much right now because we're going to go into it with our guest. But yeah, Irene, when you thought of work, do you feel like it's immediate like occupation or did you have like a different view? Mm. I think whenever I hear that word, the first thought that comes to mind is, you know, career and job. But um, I think whenever I talk more about it, it's so much work is so much more than that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. So I feel like this episode would be a good one Mm -hmm. for us to just hash it all out and to see like what we think, what the guest thinks, and maybe even like what we feel like the church thinks about this idea of work and how it affects our lives. So for this episode, we are joined by a wonderful guest. Um, Would you like to introduce yourself? So name, age, and how long you've been attending ANCC. All right. Hello, church. My name is Paul Shin. I am 31. If you finish this episode, you will figure out what I do for work. (laughs) Um, How long I've been attending ANCC. Uh, I attended ANCC in high school. So back in, I don't know, the mid-2000s, I attended. And then I went away for college. And so I had a little hiatus in between. And then I started coming back the summer before COVID. So it's been about three years since I've been back at ANCC. Mm. Mm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So did you feel weird when we came up to you to ask to guest on the podcast? Because you offered. Well, so I think- very <laughs> kindly, may I add. Oh, that sounded very accusatory. <laughs> I don't know why I felt very defensive right now, but what I meant was Paul <laughs> kindly offered to guest when I was talking about how it was difficult to find people. So I scrapped that back. Paul, how did you feel <laughs> when we came to you? Well, so I, I found out about the church podcast and I listened to a couple episodes and I thought it was like a really cool way to connect with the church. And like even meeting you guys for me, like personally, it's like people that I don't typically speak to on Sunday. So I thought it was a good opportunity. And um, I think you and I bonded about how we don't get enough shout outs on the the chubo yeah so um yeah and then i was happy to happy to help so yeah oh i will give a shout out to paul right now and say the reason why our podcast even had an opportunity to be on the chubo the bulletin was all to paul's insistence so can we please give Paul a round of applause? (laughs) thank you because paul pretty much straight up when we were like eating dinner for like house to home shopping he was like josh why don't why why don't you put it on the bulletin and i was like yes paul <laughs> yes i mean i i just love that someone who's not our team was like the one who was like suggesting it you know mm-hmm. something that i wanted but i just never also did so the fact that paul pushed me to also be like yes that would be great mm-hmm. thank you paul and yeah 
Well, not just because of that. That's not why we just asked you. I just felt like, you know, you'd be such a good person for this episode. You know, we've had conversations about your work and things like that. So I was like, you know, I would love to talk about work with Paul and hear your opinion. So on the topic of occupation slash job, what was everyone's dream job growing up? Paul, did you have a dream job? I personally really wanted to be a car or a Lego designer. Oh. What was like the reasoning behind it? Did you just love cars and Lego from an early age? Yeah, I loved Legos and I like would make cars out of Legos. And then I've always had a fascination with cars. So um, it's kind of two things that I liked, but not related to anything I do now. <laughs> <laughs> Which we will reveal. You know, very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think. Uh, I had a couple, but one that comes to mind is I really wanted to become an acrobat, <laughs> like for the circus. <laughs> Why? Like Cirque de... Yeah, yeah. So I was really into Cirque du Soleil. So I would watch their documentaries and see the different people who are eligible to audition and enter Cirque du Soleil. So you have like national gymnasts, like... Professionals from all different fields who are like very physically, flexibly gifted. (laughs) And I was like, dude, I want to do that. I want to be an acrobat in a circus, specifically Cirque du Soleil. So then I looked up acrobat classes nearby me. (laughs) By the way, I'm like, like 16 years old. And I found some in Santa Monica. But... I did not have a car. My parents worked late. There was just no way for me to get there. So I just had to give up that dream because of transportation issues. But So this was like a pretty legitimate dream when you were a little older. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was expecting like six years old yeah. I wanted to be a that <laughs> You're like, dude, kind of too old for that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I was... 16 years old, like a sophomore (laughs) in high school. And that was like my dream job was to become an acrobat. Mm. Um, Just like Paul, it has nothing to do with what I do now. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Mm. Irene, what about you? The first one that I can remember wanting to do is being a hairstylist. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, also not related to anything I want to do now. But your hair though. I feel like you try out so many cool things with your hair. I, yeah, I I guess so. Was there a reason? Was it just like how, like, visually cool it looks or? You know, when I was younger, I just really liked cutting hair, I guess. I I would cut the hair off my Barbies a lot. (laughs) Or like try to give them like new, but. Styles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe it came from there. (laughs) Your mom's just watching you. She's like, what's going on with her? <laughs> You're just like, yeah. yeah. The thing is, I didn't even do it. I think I knew it was, like, not okay to cut Barbie hair. So I would, like, go under the table and <laughs> just, like, cutting the hair off. Why did you think it was not okay? I don't know. I think I knew as a kid that you're not supposed to, like rip or like damage mm. and that's still and using scissors kind of falls into that category so i was like but you know it's still kind of playing i think i wasn't sure so i just did it under under the table just in case mm. wow underground hairstylist <laughs> 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 all right that was cool i you know 
all three of us shared that our dream jobs have nothing to do with sort of our current careers or et cetera, like future ones as well. So on that note, what jobs have y'all held just throughout life? Start from that first part-time job or something. Um, well, for me, um, I think the first job that I had was in like high school as a tutor. And then um, I worked at an ice cream shop, um, which was really fun. And then I became the manager of said ice cream shop. And I also worked at a daycare. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's actually where I figured out that's like the job I wanted to do, working at the daycare. Um, so yeah, and now I want to be a teacher. Out of the three, I'm assuming the daycare job was your favorite. Um, I guess so. Yeah. I, th- I feel like it's so hard to compare though. Because it's so, both of the jobs are so different, but it was definitely fun. What about you, Paul? So my very first job, it was in high school, and I taught the saxophone, um, and I tutored. So that was my first job. And then in college, I did a work-study thing where I was like, I don't know, making sure the lights were turned off at the uh, computer lab and making sure the computers are on. Um and then I did an investment banking internship. Uh, worked in for a year. I worked for a company that did uh, government contracting work. So like they take care of like military bases, like build military bases and things like that. And then um, now I do accounting work. And out of college, I did public accounting, uh, which is kind of. Um, like auditing and consulting world of accounting and I was there for seven years and now I work at Mattel which actually makes Barbies <laughs> um, so I do financial reporting there at uh, Mattel wow okay hold up back it up you said you taught the saxophone yes <laughs> wait yeah, yeah, yeah. can you That's explain so cool. that a little yeah. more did you play uh, I played saxophone growing up and um, I played in the band and uh, competed playing the saxophone growing up so my senior year, um, I had a mom who, like, they had their family had moved from Florida, and her son was having a hard time making friends here, and he was, like, in the fourth or fifth grade, and so she wanted him to pick up an instrument, but also kind of have, like, an older brother figure, and so, like, it was this family that I met, and uh, so I taught this kid how to play the saxophone and just kind of hung out with him in the backyard and um, was kind of, like, his older brother kind of figure just kind of talking to him about school and how he's doing how he's like addressing the california because they're from florida um yeah that's how i taught the saxophone for about like six months dang that's pretty awesome that is cool wow you know i feel like people always put saxophone as one of the most popular instruments you know it's like you get to have that vibe that cool factor like (laughs) no (laughs) No? I don't know. <laughs> Careless <laughs> whisper? Yeah, okay. Come I've, on. <laughs> I've always wanted to learn the saxophone, but I don't... I don't now it's for a challenge. I don't know. No offense, but I've just never heard someone be like, oh, yeah, like, <laughs> you know, the saxophone. I picked it... Um, I mean, my mom made me play a lot of instruments because I grew up playing the cello and the piano. But then saxophone i picked up because i read this book called bud not buddy and it's about (gasps) jazz 
and I read that book in like third or fourth grade, and like it would describe the saxophone as this like golden, beautiful instrument that plays jazz. And I was like, oh my, I wanna, I wanna try learning. And that was the first time I asked my mom to pick up an instrument because it was always like go to piano lessons or go learn the cello. So that was the first instrument that I picked out, and I ended up playing for a pretty long time. Yeah, mm-hmm. haven't touched it for a while, but. Played a lot in high school and junior high. Looking back to my work experience. So I've worked in my college's dining hall. I've worked as a waitress at a sushi restaurant. I've also tutored a lot. Um, I've done like writing, like copywriting experience and like advertising And now I'm a teacher (laughs) and I teach elementary school. So yeah, reflecting back, that's kind of been my job experience. I feel like I'm missing a couple things here and there, but I think that's what I can remember at this point. What is copywriting? Ah, so you know when you go to a website and all that information is, um, is copy, what we call copy. So any product descriptions, like website, it, like introductions or like lines, you know, also like, let's say there's a drink and then there's like writing, like a caption that explains like the different flavors and like, it's like set in a very like poppy advertising sort of way. That's copy as well. So it's kind of like writing in a way to market the product or whatever item you're working on to the public. That's cool. Yeah. What is everyone working in right now? And then also if you like feel called or not called to your current field. So Paul, you mentioned you work now still for accounting. Yes. So yeah, I currently work at Mattel, which is a toy company and I work in their finance and accounting department, um, to do financial reporting. Um, I don't think that's like a layman term. So what that is, is like when companies trade stock, they publish financial data of how much money or assets they own. Um, And so I help put that information together and publish that publicly so that uh, people who want to buy stock can have access to that information. So that's what my team does. Um, In terms of calling, I think as a young adult Christian, I think I struggled with this question a lot of like, what is my calling? I think graduating from college, it's, you come out thinking like, oh, what am I going to do? Like, what's my calling? And I feel like people throw this word around a lot. And I think in my personal experience, at least for me personally, like attaching calling to your career, I think can be very dangerous in some aspects because I think we as Christian are called to be followers of Jesus. So that doesn't necessarily mean your career has to be your calling because your number one calling is to be a disciple of Christ, not to be an accountant or a lawyer or a doctor, right? So for me, I think I struggled with that a lot because I think in my first job that I started, which I shared is public accounting, it's a pretty consuming career path that uh, I worked like 12, 14 hours a day Saturday, Sunday sometimes. But because of that, like, I think the pay is really great. The accelerated career path is great. But, like, you sacrifice a lot of your life to get 
those things, right? So I think I struggled with that question a lot. Like, what is what is a calling, and like, what does that mean in my life? And I think the older I got, and as I figured out, like, what what does work mean in my life, and how do I think? I'm sure this question will be asked, but like, what does work life balance mean?、Um, I think I eventually came to a different conclusion of like calling. For a job, I don't think is necessarily the right answer. As a Christian, I think we can live out our calling through out through our careers. And I think what I mean by that is,、um, like, you leverage what you do at work to, I think, glorify God and like spread the gospel. But what you do specifically at work doesn't necessarily have to be a quote unquote calling. But I think that's a very common misnomer that I think. Asian American churches throw out at like retreats, and like people will ask you, like, "What do you think is your calling?" And it's like, I don't know, like, what is my calling? Like, I don't know. God's、uh, like, be an artist. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but I really think like we need to focus back on like what is our true calling as disciples of Christ, and that's to spread the gospel and like to glorify and worship God, not necessarily to be the best accountant or to be the best athlete. Although I think those come. As we try to glorify God, those can be a byproduct、mm-hmm. uh, from our work, but I don't think that's the sole focus. You know, this reminds me, like in theology, there's this idea of like the great calling, right? Which is just as exactly as you said, like the calling to be disciples of Christ, and then also to make disciples of other nations.、Um, and then there's like on a lower scale is like what people interpret as their personal calling.、Yeah. And I like how you like made sure to separate those two. Like they are not interchangeable. Because I think that's where people struggle when you try to define your whole life by your quote unquote like calling, this like grand calling. I think we live in like a society where I think career and like what you achieve in life is so focused upon. So when you start calling that or like branding and naming those things as your quote unquote calling. I think it puts a lot of stress, un- unnecessary, un- undue stress on people, and I think it could also become an idol, so easily an idol because you focus on achieving and achieving those things. So,、uh, but yeah, I totally agree. I think there's a distinction between kind of like personal callings, like kind of like what you guys are saying, like you took care of kids and like you knew like that's the kind of work you want to be involved in. So I think there is a distinct difference between like our large calling to be Christians, and then there's like the Kind of maybe micro scale of like what do we do at work and what do we like to do. Thanks for sharing.、Um, just to ask you, Irene, do you feel like as we said, like a personal calling to sort of like teaching or like taking care of children? Do I feel a personal calling?、Um, yeah, I also in the beginning was kind of like、mm, kind of hesitant. About, I, I I don't know. I guess calling is a is an odd term or phrase to use. But the people around me, like, they had an idea of like which direction they wanted to go. But like,、um, for me, it seemed pretty set in which direction God wanted me to go. But I wasn't sure if it was even right because like everywhere, like the people around me weren't really sure. So I was like, oh, maybe this is not. The direction I should be going, but, or maybe I'm just—it's just something that I want for myself. But I think, as I talk to like other people and like having like my community affirm me and like the gifts that I had, 
I realized that, oh, yeah, like, this is the direction that, like, God really wants me to go to. I guess it was, like, a personal calling, sort of. Yeah. Did you receive those convictions through prayer? Because, like, for me, like, I work at, I've been working in accounting for a very long time. <laughs> like, when I started, nor now, like, do I have this sense that, like, oh, this is, like, for me. Like, I think I'm pretty competent at my job and I'm good at what I do. But, like, I've never had that, like, feeling of, like, hey, that was a, I was meant to do this. So did you receive those things through prayer or is it more like your skills aligned and like through affirmation and you enjoy doing it? So you're like, oh, maybe this is for me or did you like, yeah, like I, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. sometimes know how people get to those conclusions. So, mm-hmm. um, well, for me, I think it was a mixture of both because like I did pray about it and I was like, oh, like, you know, like I think God knows that like I'm sort of a sign kind of person. So I'm always like, oh, like. If I'm going the right direction, like, please give me a sign, (laughs) which I know is not always the best thing to do. But God graciously has given me signs. And there were, like, a couple moments, like, um, I think I was, like, babysitting one of the kids from my daycare. And I was, like, honestly, like, I would do this for free. (laughs) (laughs) And I was, like, oh, wait. But then everyone always talks about, like, oh, like, if you love your job like you'll never work a day in your life or whatever you know and things like that and I was like this is something I really enjoy doing um there was one moment I was (laughs) there was one moment I was praying at like a conference um because I I at that point had also been like hesitant like oh am I going the right way and I don't know if this counts but there are like little moments like these where like um there was a song from my childhood that played all of a sudden and it was a song I really enjoyed singing as a kid but I hadn't heard it and I hadn't heard it since then you know it had a song <laughs> um you know I don't know the title but I know all the lyrics <laughs> and I'm not I won't be singing it I was gonna be like <laughs> I'm just curious <laughs> Yeah, but (laughs) the praise team started singing it like right after I had made that prayer. And I was like, oh, I think this is a good direction. Like, I think this could I could count this as a sign. And like, obviously, it wasn't just that one moment. Like, there have been other moments where like I talk with like even the parents I take care who I take care of their kids for. Yeah, I never met you, but I heard your name a lot because, like, all the small groups were like, oh, yeah, Irene comes and takes care of our, our all the kids while we're having a small group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, the baby whisper. <laughs> yeah, um, but I think affirmation from, like, parents, too, like, has really, like, helped me be confident in, like, the direction that I'm going. Yeah, that's great. I mean, just to add in my experience to your question, Paul, like, how do people achieve, in a sense, like, conviction? in their personal calling. I feel like I went to um, Kyrgyzstan for missions in 2013. And I remember being like, oh my gosh, like this is what God wants me to do. He wants me to do missions and like teach at the same time. Um, And I was so convicted by that because I I think I felt like a sense of spiritual high and closeness Mm -hmm. with God while I was on missions. And then I went to college uh, right after. And I feel like my like ideas from my future uh, changed or, you know, went different routes. Like I did a lot of writing work, um, other stuff as well. So I kind of lost 
I guess, like, my memories of when <laughs> I was like, this is what I want to do. And I don't think it was until I started working as intervention support at a high school. And I was thinking, hey, like, these kids are struggling now because they were struggling before. Like, this is just a continuous system that just constantly happens for children um, where if you're not helped at an early age with, like, different needs, et cetera, then it only exacerbates your learning experience as the years pass. So I was like, I want to be part of that change from the very beginning. And I think in a strange way, that's when I was like, wait a second. <laughs> um, as I'm part of mission ministry and teaching, <laughs> I just think, wow, it came full circle in a crazy sense for me in that something that I just didn't think about again has now become my current reality. I just think that's like a funny thing that's happened. Maybe it's God's plan. I don't know. <laughs> but it's a funny thing for me. Uh, I will say, though, that like I feel that personal calling to my field, which is teaching. But at the beginning, I definitely got this too confused. Like mm -hmm. I saw it more as the grand, great calling. Um, like this is what God wants me to do for my life. No questions. And I think when I was under that impression, um, I was not under the illusion that it would be easy because Paul, you know, et cetera, like all the characters in the Bible, even if they have a calling, it's very difficult. You know, Paul faced so many trials on his way to Rome and all these characters, like all these disciples, all these apostles died for their faith. So I, I wasn't under the illusion that it would be easy, but I definitely wasn't prepared for the reality <laughs> of how hard it would be to feel like you are called to something and it'd be very, very difficult. And I think that's why it's good to make a distinction between the two, but also allow yourself to experience like God's love and mercy as you try to follow that calling. Because um, I feel like calling just feels so synonymous with obedience. And I think calling can be more than that. It could be joyful. It could be um, a learning experience. It could be so much more than just obeying what you think God has in plan for you. So yeah, I just feel like that's something I wish I would have known to have distinguished the two and have allowed myself to have drawn mercy and grace from God while I was doing it. I find the two of your stories so interesting because I feel like you guys both had experiences in people who kind of like guided you towards your current career paths. But like I'm more in the field of like as an Asian American, there were certain jobs that parents like their kids to do. And like, I never had that conviction of, that's why I asked that question. Cause I, I personally never had that conviction of like, Oh my God, do I want to be a CPA? Yeah, let's do it. Like that was never my goal. Like when I went to college at Berkeley, like they called it the ABCs of business and it was accounting, banking, consulting. And so I tried banking, hated it. Consulting was traveling. So I was like, okay, there's only a left. So I got to do accounting. Um, and so and I'm sure there's a bunch of people at our church who are also in that boat where I think they go to college and maybe their parents are like, you got to be a doctor or you got to be a lawyer. And, um, or maybe some of these other jobs, like you got to go into coding or whatever it is, I think. So it's interesting that you guys have these experiences or you felt convicted to do something because I personally feel like there's probably more people who didn't have that experience and just do the, whatever job it is that they're currently doing. 
Mm, absolutely. I feel like it's difficult to like figure it out post-college because there's also like, hey, I need to make enough money to sustain myself mm -hmm. and my family, etc. So there's not too much time as well as enough space for people to figure it out. And I feel like some people don't, you know, have like a strong, like, ah, oh, this is what God has called me to do. You know, I know multiple, many people who have that same idea. Mm -hmm. I think like my curiosity is like, I wonder if they feel tension about it. Because I feel like you very clearly laid out that you understand there's two differences. Um, and therefore you like cast your eyes upon the grand great calling, mm -hmm. right? To sustain yourself in your work. But I can imagine that there's like tension that is felt by people when they feel like, am I not being like obedient to God if I don't have like, feel like a personal calling to my work, mm -hmm. you know? So thank you everyone for sharing. Um, you know, we talked a lot about like our own occupations, our own experiences, but I want to branch it out to our church. So how do y'all think church views work? Like about, it can be certain jobs, it could be in general, et cetera. I think us being a predominantly Asian American church, I think there's definitely stigmas that come with work. And I think that ranges anywhere from like being unemployed might be a stigma all the way to like certain jobs may have stigma. And I think, um, so I definitely think there is a view or a feel <laughs> to, I don't know, like I can't obviously generalize because there's like 300 people at our church. Um, but there's definitely like certain things are more accepted, maybe less accepted. And uh, maybe like, maybe you don't say it out loud, but like certain things are looked down on, certain things are looked better on. Um, I mm -hmm. definitely think even within the church. There is like a certain, like a general attitude towards work. I feel that everyone kind of, is on the same page on i guess but do you think the page that we're all on is like work is important and especially these jobs are perhaps considered more valuable is that the same page that you're talking about yeah i think for me i feel like that's the case yeah i mean i definitely feel the same way as both of you i feel like we can't like always separate cultural ideas and Christian ideas. And I feel like a big part of our cultural ideas is having this like ranking of jobs. Like, come on, we all have always like heard the phrase like doctor or lawyer, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like there's definitely this sort of like jobs that are just deemed more valuable and more important by our like you know, Asian American community. And I feel like that does like seep into like any sort of communal space, right? With Asian or Asian Americans, you know? I would say like, hmm, certain jobs that are still viewed like or are viewed as important are reflected amongst the people in our church too. Like we have a church that is just blessed with so many different professionals in so many different fields but I do notice that certain jobs are like given a different reaction, right? Um, anyone have a reaction like 
you know, that someone had to like your career or your career path where they're like, whoa, or mm. <laughs> when I usually tell people I'm a CPA, they automatically assume I know how to do taxes. <laughs> like, can, you, can you do my taxes? And I tell them I have no idea how to do taxes because I don't do that. And I don't I pay someone to do my taxes. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> that's usually my reaction to my job. People think accounting is like really boring. So that's typically the response I get. Do you sit behind the computer and crunch numbers all day, which is actually far from what I really do on a day-to-day basis. Um, But um, yeah. So the reaction is just kind of like neutral, kind of like, okay. I feel like accounting in the Asian American world is like that. Oh, you're like pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh That kind of vibe i get from like parents if you told them like oh i'm a cpa it's like oh you're not like a doctor but like that's pretty respectable (laughs) yeah um but i i I definitely feel like because i think there's a a separation from our km church right like as our own church i definitely feel like there's a huge diversity in what we do it's interesting because i i led a small group this past semester and literally everyone in my small group did something different and I, I actually made a point in our small group that like, hey, like being Asian American, I would have thought like we would have some like nurses, doctors, pharmacists, but like everyone was doing something completely different. And I thought that was so cool because everyone brought such different experiences and like your walk with God also, I think looks different and how you also do spread the gospel and do ministry work also looks different based on your talents and like similar to what we talked about earlier about calling. Um, so I think... As a second generation, like Korean American church, I think there's a lot more diversity in our church actually than these typical, like, uh, our parental desired jobs, <laughs> like the jobs that our parents coveted us to have as we, when we were children. I think that's slowly changing. Um, yeah, more and more exposure to like people in different career fields can only like enrich in everyone's knowledge and experience of working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, what about you? Has people responded in a certain way to your job? Um, I mean, I think the, the, the one reaction I get the most is like, wow, like I could never do that. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> me too. <laughs> you must be like such a great person. Uh-huh. And I'm just like, ah, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we talked about this. We did. Um, because... Uh-huh. We're both in sort of like educating fields. And I even talked about this with (laughs) Tim Kim (laughs) Um, about sort of how our jobs are viewed in a sense, like educators, because the reaction we get is usually like, as Irene said, wow, like you must be like really patient. You must be this, this, this. And our jobs seem to warrant responses that focus on our character more than our ability. Mm. Because I think teaching seems like such a nurturing, caretaking role, and it is. It's like a noble Yeah, noble it sounds job, like yeah. a noble cause, but I think sometimes that noble cause overshadows the actual skills and ability you need to teach. It's a... It's not easy. Like we go to school for this. We continue to grow and attend professional development. Um, Like teachers not only teach a diverse class of different language levels as well as special needs. They attend like special um, education meetings on the side. Um, 
they get pulled out for class to do that too. So you have to figure out the sub situation. There's like all the other little itty like itty bitty things like parent communication and things like that. And I think these are like real skills. But I noticed that our jobs, right, the teaching uh, career specifically, definitely is more like wow character as opposed to wow you're like a skilled person and. You know, I never really thought about it until I feel like Tim and like my brother, like kind of, kind of like you know, mentioned that. And I feel like, yeah, you know, now that I look back in hindsight, um, perhaps that's like how my career is viewed by people. Yeah, I don't think it comes from like a negative place where they're like, oh my gosh, like bleh. I will say though, teaching as an occupation in America <laughs> is a tough one. In terms of pay and respect, but you know, I still love what I do. Like that's why I do it. But I realize that you know, it's put in the realm of character, not ability. It's interesting because I don't have too many teacher friends, but like now, now that you've described some of the skills that are required to be uh, in like the education field, and so much more that I've missed, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like you're running like your own little company, right? Like you, you have like your thirty. Yeah, workers or whoever you teach, <laughs> and then the parents are the stakeholders, right? Yeah, like they, oh they, they care, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's like almost like running a little company. Uh, uh-huh. It's like the classroom is a little company, but like I feel like to your point, I think people may not see it that way. I feel like the immediate reaction, kind of what like what Irene said, is like, "Oh, you must love kids. Like you must mm. be patient." And um, so it's interesting because I think I think to your question about this topic it's like people definitely do have a gut reaction to certain jobs yeah so it seems like when we talk about work we naturally think about like our careers and like our jobs um but do you consider serving god as work too yeah i feel like hmm i'm thinking back to scripture and how the original command to work was like pre-fall said to Adam and Eve to be stewards of Eden. And I feel like that means work has existed even before sin existed. So I feel like serving God and is work too, personally. I think how I view it is that like work is the top like level and then it separates into sub levels which is like occupation and church and even relationships like all of this is work um, but there is this grand like theme of work just work as it is connecting all of them that's kind of how i view it what about you paul yeah i think similar to what you said about work existing pre-fall like like our god also worked in the creation story like Mm -hmm. he built the world he built us and he found joy in all these things and he thought that it was beautiful and i think genesis tells us like we're made in god's image right so that also means i think work is part of us and because we are like god does that mean it's always good and fun (laughs) like probably not because i think since fall like i think work has become tough right but i think i do think there are for me i think 
everything that we do is a work for God, whether you like intend to or not. That's kind of how I see it. I think everything, whether that's your occupation, whether you're serving time at church, whether you're working on your relationship with your spouse or family or friends, I think those are all works that we're doing for God. It just might have different labels or buckets, kind of like what Yoon said. But I think ultimately it's all for God because I think our lives here are meant to glorify God. And even in those relational work, serving work, like occupational work, I think there's ways to like grow as a Christian or spread the gospel or help other Christians grow. I think all of those opportunities exist within that. So I think it's all, yeah, work. Yeah, I think I'm on the... I agree with both of you. I think work is kind of like the umbrella term and then like um, our job and church and like our relationships with our community like also falls under work. If we consider serving God as work, do you think that it's something like, I guess, our community at ANCC believes in too? Or do you think that's how we view it in our community right now? I will say I feel like both of your answers are a little mm, not common because from the conversations I've had or the experiences I've went through serving at church, there's been a strong distinguishing like element to work, like um, where their work means their occupation and then serving is separate. So like they are not together. I feel like you know, it seems like we've kind of talked about it as like, you know, Irene and I have talked about it as like work is the umbrella and there's just different subsets to work. And therefore, whether we work in the church or work at our jobs, it's like viewed in the same way. And I guess in a sense, like respected in the same way. Right. Mm -hmm. But I have experienced where like I will be serving with someone and they view it very differently. Um, they have different expectations and standards for their work. Um, and they don't necessarily align with their service at church. I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I've definitely had conversations where they're like, I would never do this at work though, while they're serving. They're like, I would never do this at my actual job. I'm like, oh. No, I, I, I think I agree with that. I think people definitely see them very separately and and I don't even know if people see necessarily like their occupation as a way to glorify God and like it's God's work I think sometimes a lot of us see it as like it's mine Mm -hmm. I'm doing it and then I think church serving is somehow like God's work Mm -hmm. I think there's kind of this like distinction right and Um, I definitely agree with you. And I think people often have a lower standard for church (laughs) matters for some reason. Like it's okay to run late, but I can't be late for my work meeting. Um, That's the example that they said uh to you. And then it's like, I would never do this at my job. Like I would never be late on my job. I'm mm -hmm. like, ooh, so so you do know like that's inappropriate behavior in a sense, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think, yeah, I I, I have to agree with that. I think it's like a tough realization to come to because we do not want to feel like that with each other or even while we're serving at church. Because I'm sure there's moments where we ourselves like prioritize things over serving in church, right? It's like very difficult to have a good, healthy balance and respect for just so many different areas of our lives. So I think it is very difficult, but I think 
it's important to have the mindset that serving in the church or serving God in more like, I guess like Christian ways, like obvious Christian ways, because like church is like an obviously Christian place is valuable too and should warrant the same respect as, you know, we put in in other aspects of our life. Do you think that comes from, like, you know, with work, right? Or like your occupational work, there's an immediate response or a a a result or a consequence, right? Like whether you get your paycheck or whether you get your promotion, there's a consequence of you doing or not doing certain things at work, right? But at church, (laughs) I don't think there's an immediate consequence, like, like not in like a humanly sense, right? Maybe maybe later on when we meet God, there's like some, <laughs> like how much reward you see maybe look different, maybe, right? Because God says we do store treasures in heaven, right? But is that because people, you think there's no immediate consequence? Like if you decided, if someone asks you to serve at church, but you're like, ah, no, I'm good, like I'm busy. But what real consequence do you have? Whereas... If your boss asks you at work, hey, can you get this done by tomorrow? And you say, oh, no, I'm too busy. I think there's a a realistic consequence to your life, right? So do you think maybe that's why people feel that way? Like, should they feel like there's a consequence to not serving in a Christian, like more like, quote unquote, like Christian sense? Like, I think it's a lot easier to kind of, I mean, obviously there's no any like, immediate consequence you know and also sometimes i feel like people fall into the oh it's okay like i'll be forgiven kind of mindset on the flip side like it's kind of hard to see like you know how like it's one of those things where you don't know how well everything is going until something breaks down and because that like people don't often see that um it's like when they are doing something well, it's hard to it's hard for them to see like the benefits or like how much of an impact their serving has mm. in the community. I feel like the reason why this is such a point of tension for me is that I know the expectations of my occupation. Like what are standards that need to be met? What are things for me to expect and how I should maneuver in that situation but i feel like church has put me in a completely new context with completely new expectations and standards so i guess i'm like should i not be bringing in my work expectations and standards into church because perhaps i'm wrong or perhaps you know it's not good and i think that's why i'm always like confused on how to maneuver serving in the church church is such a fascinating organization because like really only our probably pastors and few member like staff are paid yeah but every other leaders leaders within our church are voluntary unpaid right so um it's very interesting in that sense because like yet these people still like we see our leaders in our church obviously it's growing and doing well because leadership has been good right but a a bulk majority a lot of the people in very key roles are unpaid (laughs) yeah and i think that's also what adds to my point of tension in that if i'm serving alongside people let's say i'm leading something right and i know that this is all unpaid work that i'm asking them to do how far can i push like should i be like more forgiving should i lower certain expectations 
in connection with the fact that this is unpaid work that they're doing, you know? Sometimes I feel like it's just my lack of faith, like straight up, just my lack of faith and maybe people doing altruistic things without there being a consequence or a reward, you know? I do think that is something I struggled with as a leader years ago, something that I've worked on and has gotten much better. Um, Because ultimately, y'all, it's up to God. Uh, But I think, yeah, the fact that it's like unpaid service does only add to the complexity of like how work is viewed in the church because the reason why there aren't consequences is because they're not being paid. (laughs) I mean, uh, if they were being paid, there would be consequences. So it's like we're working in a system where there's like no consequence technically, but the reward is very subjective for everybody, right? And some, like Irene said, may not even be aware of the award that it was, right? They're just like, I can't really see the vision of this, right? So I feel like, yeah. I also definitely think there's, even within serving at work at church, similar to our previous question about like how is work viewed? I think there are certain positions that are viewed more positively. Maybe it gets more spotlight than others, right? I think so. Like if you're doing, for example, no one wants to do the traffic thing, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's so not sad. the most coveted voluntary position, right? But maybe someone, like everyone loves to do praise team or whatever. Like I think there's kind of hierarchies also within the church social construct, I guess, mm. if you want to say. I know we keep using the word serve in church, but I think since we established that serving is also a sense of work, I think it's safe to say we can say work in church. Right? Even though we're unpaid. <laughs> it's just goes we'll to show. be paid by God. Yeah, that's what I mean. Um, financial benefits are not the only reason why we work, right? Work is like, that's why we probably do our jobs, right? But Or, you know, personal calling, sense of responsibility, that all factors in. But I feel like working in church is different because as we mentioned, not a lot of us get paid to do this. You know, the rewards are hidden and they're with God, right? So, but it's still work. So whether it has consequence or not, whether it's paid or not, like this all is work, right? And I feel like if there is no consequence, and as Paul put it, there is no training, then it must be because we believe in something. We must like have hope or belief in the community that we're working in because that is the reason why this would be different from another subset of work, right? there would have to be something else connecting us here. And I feel like, yeah, I just hope that that's like something that's always there for people. Cause I, sometimes I don't know if it is like the hope and belief in our community, you know, therefore that's why you want to work in the church. Uh, Maybe it's culture, maybe it's just habit, or maybe it's like your genuine faith, like personal relationship with God. Right. But I feel like a part of it, has to be hope and belief in the community itself. And when I say community, I'm thinking thinking more in the lines of God's community because I feel like if you have hope and belief in God's community, not even your own interpretation, I feel like then you can work. So thank you everyone for sharing. It was just really good to see like what points we align, what points like maybe different, et cetera. Um, Moving on to our, our next idea is So we have worked, we are working. In your experience, like what is the balance between working too much and working well? 
And can we ever have one without the either other one? I think America as a whole has this idea of working too much is a good thing. Mm. Working a lot is a good thing. And I don't necessarily find that to be true. <clears throat> and like I've I've been in like now managerial positions for a number of years and working people 80 hours a week every week doesn't mean you're going to get more efficient employees. So just from like a like a true like work product and work like result perspective, I don't think working a lot is necessarily a good thing. Um but for me like Personally, like, what is the balance between working too much and working well? I think it's, like, working too much is when other parts of your life life comes to imbalance, like, come into an imbalance, right? So I think, for me personally, like, there's probably, like, three big buckets in my life. It's, like, work is a big bucket, family, and then church, right? So if those threes are, like, somehow, like, balanced on some scale, and, like, one is, like, tipping like work is tipping the others because of what it's doing to my life, I personally think that's too much. And so whether that's time, and I think sometimes we just think about how much time we spend, but if it's like consuming you at home, maybe you're not at work, but like you're in bed, like boiling with whatever happened at work and it's affecting your relationship with your spouse because you're like short with her or him because of how what you encountered at work. Um, I think that could also be a manifestation of like working too much. Maybe maybe not working too much, but like letting work influence you in other parts of your life. I feel like people have definitely told me I work too much. <laughs> And I think what maybe I don't express as much is how much I enjoy it. Not as in like a creepy, oh my God, I see my value in this, but like how much I genuinely just enjoy my job and working for my job because I see such great value in it. Um, then in a sense, like the work is very joyful, even if it is like difficult and time consuming. Um, you know, I will say though that there's a sense of natural balancing that happens out once you just gain more experience and more knowledge. It naturally kind of tends to balance out. I've definitely seen that myself now that I'm a couple of years into my career and also in the lives of those around me. But I would say like when I think working well, I think working well requires effort. And sometimes the effort may be putting in more time. Um, hopefully it doesn't go in like a very negative like way where you're like placing your self-value and self-worth in it or you're absolutely destroying every other aspect of your life to accommodate this but I understand that working well may require more effort at the time um, and that's okay and that's okay because it's always a process of figuring out that balance we're gonna kind of skew back and forth a little bit um, I will say working well to me as a Christian kind of similar to what Paul said is that My work is good. And in a strange way, like we're called to work for God and God only. Like in Colossians, that's what they say, like work for God and not for man. But in a sense, our work for God is to show man, right? So I think our work can definitely bring opportunities where 
as Christians, we can be like good witnesses to others, right? Like this is kind of my work ethic, and it comes largely from my desire to follow God's command to work well, to do the OG command, right, to work and to continue, especially because there's so many warnings about not working in the Bible too. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, what is the balance between working too much and working well? I will say you should know the reason for why you're working and where that value comes from. So if you feel like that value comes from a desire to prove yourself or to give yourself like societal value, then I might be working too much in a sense, right? Even if you don't put in the time, it's just working too much, right? Um, but if you do have that idea that I work not for other people's acknowledgement, not for the sense of security because I don't want to get fired. <laughs> uh, though both are important, uh, that you know that your value ultimately comes from God. So yeah, I think that's a tough one. You know what I mean? Because I feel like it's never like a perfect balance. There's always going to be a little bit of like mushiness back and forth. But I think as long as it's kept within the realms of regular mushiness as opposed to like unhealthy mushiness. <laughs> I think it's all about figuring that out. Uh, on the last note, what kind of advice would you give to people about work? I think piggybacking off of what Yoon said, I think one of the biggest things that I did when I was a young professional was like defining myself through work and, and like my self-worth. And I think that was like one of the worst things that I could have possibly done because then like whenever like performance ratings came out at work I would think like dang it I did worse than he or she why like am I inferior or less of a person because of that right and so I think the advice I would give people is like don't let work define you first of all and don't compare your your journey to other people's journey I think everyone's journey looks different you know I think we're kind of alluding to it a little bit how like the younger generation maybe I think with maybe the influx of the knowledge that's out there information and knowledge that's available currently or maybe it's the change in the culture but I think people have taken maybe a little longer time to do work or maybe they're doing unconventional work that doesn't look like work to our parents eyes maybe even um, but I think everyone has their journey and like road so I think we kind of like to be okay with that. And I think some of this takes time because <laughs> I can say that in my early 20s, that was really difficult for me. And like really, I would think I was more comfortable in my skin in my late 20s and like now in my 30s. Um, so some of that comes with time, but that would be my number one advice. Like don't compare yourself to others and don't let work determine who you are or your self-worth because like work is just a part of our life. I would say... First, I guess I'd like to talk about work as the general concept that we were talking about before as like the umbrella, um, meaning that the subsets are like occupation, relationships, church. Um, work isn't just your occupation. There's so many ways to express work, right? Um, and it's important to consider how can I bring the same values and respect to the different areas of my life that need work, you know? Because I think that's a very important balance to have, that you view work 
in various aspects of your life, not just putting it in for your occupation. On that note, it's also okay to put in effort for your occupation. If that's something that you feel like you're passionate about and you're focused on and gives you great joy, it is great that you put in that effort into your occupation. And there's, there may or may not be a sense of guilt because you feel like you're neglecting something. That's something you're really going to have to personally question rather than just try to view that objectively. So try to identify your heart motivations and what you value. Um, and now specifically talking more again about work itself, uh, even when you feel called, personally called to a certain job or you feel like you're really passionate about it, that doesn't mean it's going to be always easy. It's going to be difficult but that also doesn't mean that it's not meaningful and important. So I would say, let yourself have your process through it. Um, sometimes you need to endure and persevere uh, in the work that you do across your life. But hopefully, when you look for fruit, it's not actually even within your actions. It's the fruit that you gain from what you learn with God. So, yeah, that would be my last device. Oh, also, just to bring <laughs> my uh, Colossians verse in there, I just wanted to throw a verse that I feel like I thought about while I was thinking of this episode was Colossians um, 3, uh, 23. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. So I just think that's just something nice to keep in mind as you work in different areas of your life. For me, I would say through our conversation today, I'm reminded that like so often, at least for myself, like it's really easy to compartmentalize our life and put like career slash occupation into like one box and kind of not let you know, God into that. But yeah, all our work should be, you know, for God. And even in the workplace, and that's like something for each and every person to like figure out personally with God and what that looks like, how our work can glorify Him. Okay, um, well, that concludes our podcast episode on career. Yeah, Paul, how did you feel being on our podcast I've never been part of a podcast, so thank you guys for just hosting me and having me here. Um, you know, I think I've shared the, shared this with you guys before. I think this is kind of like a passionate topic of mine as like work is such an integral part of our lives. So, you know, I think whatever, some things I'm sure we just like mumbled on about here um, as we talked, but I'm hoping that it can help someone out there in our church and uh, maybe like challenges challenge us to be like better workers for Christ, whatever that may mean, and whether in our occupation or in our um, serving at church or within our families, whatever this may be, I'm just hoping it helps someone out there um, and be a word of encouragement um, for our community. Well, thank you so much for being on the episode today. You're actually our last guest this season. So. <laughs> uh, we saved you. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but we really are glad because I think mm -hmm. um, when I was thinking about like who to ask 
like I I thought of you and I was like, oh, I feel like Paul will probably have great things to say, especially because, you know, I've had a talk with you about like your job change and that was always really interesting to hear about. So I just feel like you have so much information to offer. So people, if you see Paul, please, uh, Paul, do we do we have permission to say that they can come up to you? <laughs> yes, I usually have a yellow bag. <laughs> Look for the yellow bag. <laughs> yes, yes. So please uh, feel free to go up to Paul and just ask him more questions because as he shared like um, with us that he is open to definitely explaining like other details to kind of help you along. So yeah, <laughs> thank you, Paul. Yeah, thank you. Um, and... Thank you, everyone, for listening um, to us throughout the whole season. And special shout out to Tim, (laughs) (laughs) our our sound editor. Um, He's been here with us through all the episodes. Um, Yeah, and he's the one that makes us sound all good and nice. So thanks. (laughs) And yeah, that's our last episode. We'll see you on Sunday. See you on Sunday. Sunday.